Welcome to the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. Welcome to the Prog Talks, an interview series by the Prog Space where we will be talking to musicians in all corners of the progressive music scene. Welcome back to the Prog Talks, everyone. Once again with Uncle Prog, that's me. And uh, today I have a fellow Norwegian on the Prog Talks. This is my friend Marius, Marius Leidones. How are you doing, Marius? I'm doing pretty fine, Rune. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm so glad you wanted to be on uh, because I've been enjoying now for a little over a month your first solo album, Longtids Perspective. It was released yes, on yes. the 23rd of July. How has the feedback been? It's been out for a month now. What's the what's the talk? Well, uh, the feedback has been pretty good, actually. The, the, many of, our, of, of the old fan base, actually, it seems like they appreciate this kind of music. I thought uh, maybe I, I would find a new sort of fan base for this music. But uh, it, it looks like um, most of the the, the, the Pixie Ninja fan base also yeah. appreciate this style. There's I an thought, overlap, um, yeah. For, for me, I, it, I think it sounds like a totally new experience, but many people say that they can, uh, they can hear Pixie Ninja rela- relations to this kind of music. I, I don't know how or why, but maybe it's the, the heirs who, who listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I sort of agree with them. Of course, uh, this this album is quite a, a different take on your music, but it's sort of noticeable that it's your DNA in the music. You know your your style of composing music. So even if it is uh, different than Pixie Ninja, I'm not uh, surprised that there is an overlap of people who who like it. You know, uh, not everyone will be familiar with you or Pixie Ninja or whatever. So could you tell me a little bit about who you are and, and what you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I am I am what I am and I do what I do. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, let's say I, I play music and uh, I work. Work and play music. Yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> I don't know how deep you want me to go. No, I'd, I'd, I'd love you to to talk a little bit about, of course, this solo album, but also, you know, you mentioned Pixie Ninja, which of course is your other project. Uh, so, so uh, um, you know, what do you do in the bands in your project, and what instruments do you play? What, how, you know, what is your role in both, of course, in your solo work, but also in Pixie Ninja? Well. Uh... Uh, primarily, I'm a guitarist. I, I played guitar for many years, but uh, I think I suck at playing guitar. So I, I got booted <laughs> to being the bass player. <laughs> I see. So, uh, <laughs> well, it, it's it's half true. Uh, Justin, when me and he, uh, we um, got together and played, he, um, he's much better uh, guitar player than I am. So I thought maybe I, I try bass. And today I love playing bass. I could I could not think uh, to play another instrument uh, on stage live. Yeah. But uh, also I, I I don't know. I I play everything. I play keyboards. Yeah. I play bells. I play everything I can get my hands on. 
I, I love making sounds and music. I'm not uh, into only one instrument. I'm not uh, practicing only one instrument. I, I, I like playing with sounds. So I always try to hook up some pedals and uh, try to, to, to make music with, with whatever I have uh, in, in the area. Yeah, and I guess that also goes into your composing then, because of course you're also a composer now with your solo album, but also with Pix and Ninja. And would that mean that you don't only compose on the bass or the guitar as well, but you use all kinds of different... How How is your compositional, you know, the way you do that? Uh, well, I, I often start with, uh, with an idea. It, it often comes from maybe just one sound, a layer of ambience or something like that. And then I can uh, add some bass and add some synthesizers. I try to uh, play some drums, but I, I, I'm terrible at playing drums. So I leave uh, those to other people I know. Yeah. So um, I can play some scratch drums, some lousy shit, but uh, but I uh, I send them over to my my friends and musical colleagues, and they, yeah. they fix the rest, of course. <laughs> but uh, that's pr- pretty much it. Yeah. I think. So with the drums, for instance, you create a framework that a drummer can work from. That's what you. That's that's yeah, how you. I, yeah. I play some scratch drums, a lousy idea of what, what that is, something I want it to sound like. Yeah. And then I ask them to please, please make it better. <laughs> <laughs> That's not well, my job. Well, I would have to say that both your your, your initial ideas and, and the final result is, is very good, you know. Uh, I want to touch a little bit on Longtid's perspective, uh, long-time perspective, I guess we, we could translate it as, right? Uh, it's a album with stories, a concept album uh, inspired by local events in the area where you're from and you grew up. Uh, would you please tell me a little bit more about the stories that you explore on this album and where the inspiration to create the album came from? Absolutely, Runa. Where should I begin? Uh, my, my family, they, they, they come from a, a, a small village outside of Moirana in the northern part of Norway. Norway. It's a farm establishment that has been uh, existing for about uh, 350 years. Farmers. And uh, yeah, it, it's a farmer story or more of a local family story. Yeah, for me. Uh, when I was young, I um, uh, I got into f- how you say foster care. So I, yeah. I actually did not grow grow, grow up with my my uh, biological family. So I, I went from uh, Moirana to Saltal Rognan, about fifteen uh, uh, miles, Nor- Norwegian miles. Yeah. Apart. I don't know how, how many miles it's in English. Well, you, you get the picture. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but uh, since I was small, I used to travel to my father to visit him. I, 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 I still have, it, have the family aftername, Leironess. It's from yes. that farm. So I have a strong connection to that place. Maybe a, a, very str- a more strong connection because I went into foster care with a foster family. So it was kind of when I go there it's like i'm it's the 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 feelings gets stronger yeah it's like 
some identity shit going on in my head. I can't explain it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, for about a year and a half back in time, I was uh, spending a weekend there fishing, hunting. And then I was uh, going to my grand grandparents' house. It's uh, They died 10, 15 years uh, ago. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, searching in, in the house. No one lives there anymore. So I was uh, going through the cabins and uh, cabinets and searching. Yeah, and I saw documents, information, uh, diaries, and uh, mm. things like that. And then I just, it popped in my head. Maybe I should write something about this. It's like uh, uh, when I when I soul search my my, my own feelings. I I I, I have always um, thought it uh, like I I don't have what it takes to maybe make a good uh, rock album. I prefer mm. telling a story. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. So. Um, so- so for I'm you, this was. To... I'm saying for you, this was sort of a, a way to connect with you know your ancestry to create this album. Then, absolutely, something like that. So I got I gathered some information and I went back home, thought about it for a while, and suddenly I just headed to the studio and started recording. And now and, it's and, an album. <laughs> yeah, now it's an album. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, of course, I I, I see uh, there are different uh, uh, tracks on the album that I'm sure um, reflects upon different, you know, I would say stories from the people who are your ancestors or what, whatever. You know, there's an, a, a song called uh, America. Uh, there's a song called uh, Shellshock, I would say, if we translate it to English, right? So could you maybe not go into all of them? Because I, I'm sure that would take a hell of a lot of time. But but could you like uh, tell us a little bit about some of these stories that are featured on the <laughs> album? Yeah, yes, of course, Rina. Uh, if we take the song, um, we can talk about uh, the song Shell Shock. Yeah. Translated from Granat Shock. It's the yes, same Granat thing. Yes, Granat Shock. Yeah. Uh, Shell Shock, um, uh, it's like uh, post traumatic stress. Yes. You know, very much so. Lots yeah. of the soldiers during the Second World War got affected by it. And my, uh, what, what, how can I call it? A great grand uncle, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was yeah. my. My grand grandfather's uh, brother. Yes, he served during the Second World War. In uh, if, if it was Mosjøen or Nordvik, uh, mm. some place like that, and uh, what he suffered from that uh, the, from the war stayed with him the rest of his life. If he, he couldn't talk to people, was nervous, uh, shaking all the time, and. Uh, I remember my uh, my uh, uncle said that uh, when he was sitting eating dinner with the family, suddenly just uh, uh, jumped up, mm. took his coat, and ran to the woods. He could yeah. be uh, gone several days before coming back. His name was Bjarne Pedersen, and uh, that's about all I know about him. He died long before I was born I of see. Uh, stomach yeah. cancer. Mm. 
So, um, but I thought it was a good idea to maybe base some stories around him. Yeah, and about the person well, who who needs to be remembered, who deserves to be remembered, right? For 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 what he went through, and and you know, as a part of your ancestry, that's a a way to honor him, I guess. Also, to to include his story on this album. Um, what about uh, America? America. Um, you know, I'm 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 also aware that a lot of Norwegians during the 18 and early 1900s they it wasn't the best of times in Norway, and a lot of them emigrated. So I'm I'm guessing this is something related to to this. Spot on. <laughs> it's uh, it's related to that. <laughs> in that uh, in that uh, period. Uh, Many people from uh, Europe, I would say, had yeah. to move to other countries like America to to work, bring yeah. food uh, on the table. And uh, I looked in, uh, how do you say it in English? It's like... Um, uh, say it in Norwegian <laughs> and we'll try to... <laughs> Uh, so Say it. T- 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 ancestral tree. Oh, ans- yeah, ancestral. Yeah, ancestral tree. I guess that's uh, <laughs> people. <laughs> people will. Uh, yeah, people will pick up on that. You. Yeah, you looked at the, the tree, the lines of your ancestors. True. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I saw uh, many names. It it it, it stood uh, Canada, USA, Canada, yeah. USA, Canada, USA. So I asked my. Uh, my father, did all of these guys move? Yes, he said. Hmm. And then I start reading a little about them and where they went and why they went there. Yeah. So uh, that's when the, the idea America came hmm. into my head. So I had to write yeah. uh, a story about that as well. Yeah, I've, I've found that uh, interesting, touching. You know, I think most of us Norwegians, if we start to look back to our ancestry, we have uh, some someone who made that trip over to the US or over to Canada or whatever, because I can't remember right now, but there was a very high percentage of Norwegians that actually left Norway in, in search of actually a future. So, so that's, um, yeah, another, another track. And I, I, I enjoyed when listening to this, uh, of course, I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the ideas behind it. And also this fact that you are touching not only on things that, are related related to your family, but both this idea of uh, your grand uncle who suffered from shell shock, and your relatives who went to the U.S. You know, it's it's a story that I think a lot of, especially Norwegians, can relate to. I would think so. Yeah. Um, Let's go into the music on the album because you have a lot of very talented people from the Norwegian prog and and music scene in general contributing to the album. I was I was counting, you know, Jakob Holmlupo, which of course people know from White Willow, Thomas Meidel, Ketil Westrum Einarsen, Gauta Storsve, and Trun Jellum. What can you tell me about their involvement with the album and what did they bring to the table? Yes, well, where should I start? It's like, uh, for me, music is uh, is to be shared. I like sharing yeah. my music with other people, uh, colleagues or uh, other people who enjoy playing instruments. Yeah. So uh, I, I, 
I, I never thought actually to 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 just do everything on my own. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even want to do that because uh, when I I, I, f- I finished one song from uh, from uh, A to B, and when I finished that song, I send it over to uh, let's say Jakob Lupo, yeah, and I ask him listen to this. Is it anything you would like to add to the track? Hmm. Maybe he says, uh, maybe I can add this, or uh, he can say it's full. It, it's not. It's uh, I don't have any more space. Because um, if if you have too much layers, uh, the 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 sound image is already full. You can't I just see, yeah. Yeah. put more and more and more. It wouldn't sound good. Yeah. But uh, he. Uh, he did some something for the music. He added a little bit of electric drums. He used his keyboard here and there. He mixed and mastered. Yeah, he's the, part the of the production side. Yeah. Yes, and uh, also on one of the tracks, the, the shell shock, granat shock. I wanted to uh, bring acoustic drums to the table. Hmm. I just, it just felt uh, like this. This songs needs the acoustic drum uh, touch. So I contacted Trond Jellum and asked him to, to do that. And uh, Gauti Storsvei plays uh, guitar on Bjunnelser and uh, maybe other tracks too. I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's uh, in that way I like to pr- produce music. Yeah, I, I like to to make it and then invite people, and it's like a family thing. It's shareable. I enjoy Ab- it that way. Absolutely, and and uh, you know the Norwegian uh, prog scene has. I feel like it's since the end of the nineties there was like uh, things going on there, but over the last ten years it's sort of really blossomed blossomed into a fantastic scene with a lot of you know. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of support from between bands and musicians. So would you say that the Norwegian prog scene is an inspiration as well when making an album like this? Absolutely. It's like um, Jakob and Trond, uh, Jellum, Goethe. It's, it's the, those people, I, I, I grew contact with them when when, uh, when, uh, when playing in Pixen India. Yes, of course. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think it doesn't matter what kind of music I play, if it's electronica or if it's uh, someday maybe I would uh, make a bluegrass album. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. I would always invite them, if, yeah. even if they play prog rock or whatever. It, uh, the genre doesn't matter much to me. It has, uh, it, it has never done so, I think, actually. I like yeah. making, making music and I let others label it. well i think you know looking at those musicians you mentioned such as trundjellum and and jakob pong lupo they they are also experimenting a lot with music or or not even experimenting but creating music that falls both within the progressive you know genre and things that are outside of the progressive genre so it makes total sense for me that you would want to involve yourself with people who are have this like open view on music, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 
let's jump from um, Longtid's perspective to your other band, your other project that you have with Justin Haugen that you mentioned earlier, uh, Pixie Ninja. You guys yeah. released your debut album back in 2017. But I would like to hear a little bit, what was the start of Pixie Ninja? How did you guys start making that music and and you know what's the history of, of pixie ninja <laughs> that's pretty interesting it's like um me and Justin, we go way back we have played music since 2008 ish yeah and um, we've we played mainly uh metal music black metal music like that but uh we grew tired of uh of that um that concept and uh one day we we wanted to try to make something else. Mm. And uh, at that time, we were very into music like Angla God, uh, Old School White Willow, Wobble, yeah, yeah. bands like that. So naturally, we we started uh, uh, copying that music style. It sounded like prog uh, wood music. Yeah, yeah, woodland prog or what you... Woodland what you prog yeah, music yeah, with yeah. flute and mellotrons but along the way we, we suddenly stopped and asked ourselves uh, is, is this good it, it actually yeah. sounds like a shitty uh, version of Anglagor or something <laughs> like that we, ca- we can't go on like this we can't no. do this sorry let's just pack up and then we, we asked ourselves um, we talked a little about uh, how about doing something else yeah what 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 music would we like to play? And Justin, he just uh, started playing some random shit. And I'm like, well, it sounds. Let, let's just make something. <laughs> no, don't let's not care about genres or what yeah. it's supposed to be. Let's just make music, not not uh, labeled music. We just we mold something and see what it turns out. And that was the start of the Pixie Ninja project. We. We, uh, I don't actually remember what we called the band or, or the project before that. We had before, yeah. maybe 10, 15 names before Pix Ninja <laughs> came up. And uh, and uh, that was the birth of Pix Ninja, I guess. Well, I, I have to say that I, I find it very uh, interesting because that you mentioned that you guys were like inspired by Engla God and, you know, those early bands. Uh, and then you made music that you felt like were uh, like a, a a lower quality version of of that kind of music because you ended up having uh, Matthias Ulson, which of course is the was the drummer <laughs> in in legendary band Englagoid in your album. And I'm sure if you had sort of contacted him with that that music that you were playing originally that was like an Englagord copy, he probably wouldn't <laughs> have been interested, right? But as you contacted him with your new ideas for Pixie Ninja, he, he's, you know, he got involved. Can you tell us a bit about uh, Matthias and how he came to be a part of the band? Yeah, well, if, he, if Matthias would, uh, would listen to <laughs> what we made before Pixie Ninja... <laughs> I think our, uh, maybe our relationship would be very short. <laughs> I, <laughs> it would hang up I the see. phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, me and Justin, we made we made uh, the first, um, what was the first track we made? Polysonographic. It's like, yeah. Um, yeah, you know the track. And we made a demo of it. 
And then we were thinking about uh, who should play drums. We should have someone who help uh, who can help us produce this music. Maybe play of some course. drums, come yeah. with other inputs. Where should we start? And we talked about, uh, hey, Matthias Olsson. Let, let's reach out and uh, let's send him the music. And <laughs> yeah, let's, let's try. Uh, let's hear what he have to say. So we send him the music and ask him, asking him if he would like to produce, play drums, or etc. And um, he responded with, uh, "It sounds great. Let's go. Hmm. Let's make music." <laughs> that must have been a nice message to get back from a person who is, I'm guessing, was a big inspiration to you with his Englagoy stuff as well. Absolutely. It uh, it was uh, it was weird. It's like the same with uh, with Frederick Lengvall. He the, from Amimorist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have known uh, Anima Murte for uh, way before I met him in person. I didn't even know his name in in the band. I just had the, the first album, I li- uh, and I liked it. So it, uh, it when I think about it uh, <laughs> today, it's it's weird to have Fredrik from Anima Murte and Matthias from Anglagård playing with me and Justin. Mm. It uh, it's it's cool. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess it shows what what lengths or what what uh, levels you can go to when you actually you know follow because you and Justin seem to have at one point said to yourself, let's just go for what we want to do. Like you, let's just create something that comes from the heart, from the soul, instead of being like interested in creating music that sounds like something else. And I guess in both Frederick and Matthias was attracted to this, you know, or originality that you and Justin brought to the table. Yeah, I, I, I think so. That That's that's the pretty much, much the case. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, with um, Pixie Ninja, yes. you, you released your second album last year, about one year ago, right? At this point, Colors Out of Space. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, of course, was one of my favorite releases of 2020. I just have to mention that. So uh, <laughs> would you would you tell me a little bit about that album and how do you feel about it now, a year later? Uh, right now, I haven't listened to the album in maybe <laughs> uh, six months. Yeah. But, uh, well, I think it's a good album. It... Uh, it's uh, it's more maybe it's more um, prog prog than ultrasound was. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely, but uh, but uh, and uh, still, it has the. I think we we managed to keep the the Pixie Ninja sound pretty intact in the process. Uh, but uh, the the album, it uh, well, yes. Yeah, I like it. I like it. (laughs) If you are enjoying this interview, please head over to theprogspace.com for more reviews, articles, pictures and interviews all about progressive music. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Theprogspace.com Yeah, so so the album uh, "Colors Out of Space" is uh, of course inspired by the writings of horror uh, writer H.P. Lovecraft. 
So, uh, yeah, what's your relationship to, to his works and what made you guys want to use him as inspiration for an album? Well, it's funny you should ask. Uh, the album was actually, um, it, it was going to be based on uh, what's, what was her name again? Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the Chron Chronicles oh, of yeah. Frankenstein. That oh, really? was the main idea, actually. Hmm. So, uh, but I have a good friend of uh, mine, um, um, a guy named Niklas. You actually met him in Bergen. The uh, uh, ah. big guy, bold, he was with us. I see. He was the guy who was traveling with you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was uh, I was uh, drinking some beer with him uh, one evening, and uh, he liked our he likes our music, and he always um, attends to our music. Musically wise, he can listen to our demos and and uh, come up with ideas or on, uh, mm. on lyrics and art uh, the the art idea of it. <laughs> I see, I see. Yeah, so he's almost like an external uh, assistant or someone you use to to bounce ideas from. Absolutely, I share everything with him all the time. Yeah. He, he he has uh, no uh, interest in playing instruments. He can't play a guitar, bass, but he likes to listen. He has good antennas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that day, I was um, I said to him, uh, "I have a new idea. I've been working on. Uh, I want to to I want me and Justin to base our next Pix Ninja album on uh, uh, Frankenstein Chronicles, something like that." And I pitched him the ideas for the for the songs. I had everything mm. figured out from the the details from the cover to the back to the booklet, everything. And he just stopped me. No, 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 no. Are you, are you insane? No, don't do that. Lovecraft. Use Lovecraft. Be smart. And I like, okay, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, well, that's um, very interesting. It's his that's idea. Very interest interesting. Yeah. So uh, what about your own relationship to Lovecraft and had you read Lovecraft or were you familiar with the author uh, a lot before, you know, your, your friend suggested you use that as a theme for the album? Absolutely. I have read uh, most of the, the short stories, the famous short stories like Colors Out of Space, The Call of Cthulhu yeah. and uh, The Mountains of Madness. Of and, Madness. Uh, Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I love them. It, it was pretty interesting, actually, that... Uh, have you seen the Nicolas Cage movie, Color of Space? Honestly, I I haven't dared to see it yet because it's I, I find it so hard to imagine Lovecraft on the <laughs> movie screen. <laughs> it it came out uh, the same year as our album, almost oh, at the right, same yeah. time. So you're it was right, uh, yeah. it was pretty uh, cool to like uh, release Colors of Space. And a few weeks later, I was sitting here in the studio with uh, Juste and uh, Niklas watching the movie, The Color of Space. It was a, made, a major movie being released with the same, uh, yeah, based on the same story or with the same title as the, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I found that interesting and, and I found it, uh, like I said, one of it was one of my favorite <laughs> albums of last year. And I felt you sort of uh, grasped uh, the sort of, feeling or atmosphere of Lovecraft very well on that album. So that makes it even more interesting to hear that Shelley was the original, you know, inspiration for it. So does that mean that the music changed a lot after you uh, changed sort of 
the focus to Lovecraft or or is it more or less what you had initially? Um, me, myself, I actually like to come up with uh, uh, the idea behind the music before writing it. So we hadn't started writing much mm. of the music yet. So uh, the, the the Lovecraft team, Colors Out Space, was uh, on the table before we wrote the album. Yeah, before you started to write, really, really write the music. Yeah, for me, it's oh. a, it's it's key factor that I have uh, that I can think about, like a Lang Plateau. When I think, when I thought oh. about that place, that uh, place out of reach, the place. Uh, no one has ever seen uh, it inspired me to write the music so uh, yeah, it, it's very important for me to have the the theme ready and the song name everything on the table before I start writing it hmm. I see it's very I, I find it interesting that, that, that that's the way you work because you know talking to a lot of musicians I hear people who have that approach to it, but then there's also people who work the other way around, who have the music really penned out or more or less finished before they even start thinking about the concept or the lyrics or whatever. So for you, the, the you know, what images it brings into your mind is what helps you, inspire you to create the music, right? Absolutely. I, I don't think I actually could work another way hmm. for me it's very important to have the the pictures in my head and everything planned out in at most detail before i start writing something hmm. interesting well another thing that struck me now that's of course not on my list of of questions because of course i had no way of knowing it but i know <laughs> i wonder how the mary shelley album would have sounded <laughs> and I'm like thinking, <laughs> is that something, since you seem to have had a strong interest in that subject at one point, is that something that you guys would think about revisiting? Maybe not as a full album, but as a track or as an EP or something? Or or is that put away now? It's hard to answer that question, but I think it's, uh, you could... Uh... <laughs> You could say uh, it's locked in uh, in a box, and we have thrown away the key. Yeah. <laughs> I see. But, uh, I who see. Knows? So maybe. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If you if you find the key by chance someday in the future, maybe. But but it's not in the books for now. That's what you're saying, right? So, uh, I I want to move on a little bit because uh, you talked about your early interest in music with Justin as well, uh, relating to more extreme music such as black metal. So uh, what got you interested in that style of music? And when did you discover progressive music? And do you feel that there's any overlap between, you know, the black metal, the extreme stuff and progressive music? Well, uh, for me, uh, I, uh, I think uh, when I, when I uh, or at least before, when I um, find a new, new genre that I really like, I really, it, it's like, that's everything I listen to. It's kind yeah, of square. I don't listen to anything outside of that box. Mm. And maybe after a while, I, I, I grow tired and I want to try something new. And then I actually almost never listen to the, the thing I listened to before. Because uh, no, I always stretch yeah. for new music all the time. So, um, so what? 
so what were the bands that you, if you were to mention some of the bands when you were sort of in your black metal phase that w- w- were interesting to you uh, back then? Uh, well, it, it, uh, I hope the Nor- Norwegian black metal fans won't shoot me for saying this, but uh, actually <laughs> the, the Norwegian true black metal is, is actually maybe not my favorite style. No, I see. Uh, uh, my favorite band, actually, the, the band still who still is with me today. When I listen to it, my it uh, my um, emotions spark. You have you heard of the the U.S. Uh, black metal band Wolves in the Throne Room? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, their idea of ambience uh, and a sp- spiritual music building. I, I like that that feeling, that woody woodsman feeling when you listen to it. Mm. So uh, for me, it's a Wolf's in Throne Room. It's my favorite black metal band today. But still, I, I really like Mayhem a lot. And uh, yeah. other Norwegian black metal bands as well. Emperor and Talk and all of them. I really appreciate them. But, uh, but uh, I, I listened to those bands very much before. But today, when I take a Wolf's in Throne Room and put it on my record player, I, I still appreciate it as much as I did at that time. But all the other I bands, I don't listen as much to them nowadays. No. Well, uh, I think it's interesting. That's interesting because, of course, I would say that a band like Wolves in the Throne Room is, um, if not progressive in the sort of genre-specific meaning, I would say that they are very experimental and, you know, avant-garde in their take. So, uh I think a lot of black metal, especially, you know, after the the second wave sort of started fizzling out, there were a lot of bands that did quite experimental and progressive stuff with black metal. So do you feel that some yeah. of that ethos is something that you um, that goes into the music that you create yourself or, or do you find that separate? That's uh, it's funny you should ask that question because uh, uh, actually uh, last time we were playing in France at the Crescendo Festival, uh, we, yeah. we we read a, a review of the the concert a few days later, where they stated that these guys from Norway played progressive electronic music with black metal vibes. I don't remember playing black metal on that stage, but uh, apparently uh, the reviewer thought we had black metal vibes in our music live. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I remember reading in the promotional um, materials for your uh, Long Tids Perspective album as well, uh, talking a little bit about the Nordic sound or, you know, the this which which of course doesn't only has to have to do with black metal you know you find it in electronica you find it in you know uh, do, do you think that that is something that you can find in your music both with your solo work and, and pixie ninja maybe that's what the the french writer was re- reacting to i don't know absolutely there may be something there it's like i i stated earlier uh, for for me music is uh, i prefer um, I, I get a feeling I want to to I want it out and uh, for yeah. me uh, the best thing about music for me personally is the feel the feeling I like the feeling I like to feel something yeah. the atmosphere the yeah the emotions of it absolutely 
Yeah. So so uh, then when you sort of moved on from from your black metal uh, inspirations and when also you guys you you talked about starting to get into stuff like uh, Angla God, you know, White Willow, those early '90s bands, uh, were those your first exposure to progressive rock and progressive music, or or were there other bands that you that you sort of discovered the the genre with? Well, uh, since uh, <laughs> since I was uh, a youngster, I have I had uh, my father liked uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer, Genesis, mm. Yes, uh, Rush, and Pink Floyd. The classics, the classics, yeah. of course. But uh, many of those bands uh, came uh, later for me. Mm. So uh, I guess it's maybe. Ten years ago, I started listening and buying the seventies progressive rock albums. I see. Yeah. So when you started listening to prog, then was it was it bands like Engla God and White Willow that was the first ones where you yourself started to find the interest in in that music? Uh, yeah, you could you could say that. I think when I started li- listening to Anekdoten and Engla God. Yeah, uh, that was the peak of the the, the prog for me personally. I, yeah. I that's when I wanted to play music like that universe. Yeah, Inspi- <laughs> but inspired that never happened. That. Yeah. <laughs> it never <Yeah>. happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, but I think you know, uh, even if even if you don't play that that style of prog or whatever, I would say that there's a definite you know progressive ethos in the music of that you you guys create so i'm guessing there are some inspirations that go through even if the music isn't the same may, maybe yeah yeah i think you're right you know uh yeah you know um i want to i want to you know we're coming up towards the end of our our talk but i want to ask you now what does the future hold for the marius ladoness both as a solo artist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just wondering if you if you could see yourself uh releasing a follow-up album to Longtid's perspective. Uh or and also I wondered, is this music that you created on your solo album, is this just a studio project for you, or could you imagine yourself doing some of this music live on stage? Hmm, that's a good question. I've actually not thought about uh, performing uh, my own music live. I don't think it will never happen. It's uh, uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe one one day. But uh, yeah. a follow up of Long Tid's perspective, I, I have not thought about that yet. But I have other ideas. Yeah. But those ideas are expensive. I need the other equipment and. Uh, and other synthesizers to um, to make it uh, come to life. So uh, I've, maybe I've... by the end of this year or early next year, I would start uh, fiddling with my shit. Yeah. <laughs> which 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 means then, which really means then, what I that you you're you're saying what I hoped you would say that there there will be uh, more music from you also as a solo solo artists and and then finally of course i have to ask is there any movement in the pixie ninja camp uh you know are you writing new music 
And now that the pandemic is slowly, slowly, I guess more slowly than we had hoped for, but it is sort of slowly returning back to normalcy. Are you going to go out and play live with Pix and Ninja? Do you have any plans for that? The only thing I can say is that you heard it first. It's um, <laughs> the Pix and Ninja news. It's, uh, we have something just around the corner. So what oh, I can really? say is that uh, something is happening or already has happened. So it's... Oh. Uh, I will let you know first. That's good. So, well, that means that for fans of uh, Pix and Ninja watching this, there will be something new coming up up in some news or something coming up in not, not too long. That's what you're saying, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, watch this space, watch the prog space. We'll be sure to bring you all the news of everything as soon as <laughs> Marius here opens the, <laughs> the doors a uh, little, little for me here. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much, Marius, for being uh, on the prog talks with me. Um, of course, you should all follow Marius and the Pixie Ninja on their social medias. I will put links in the description. And also, I highly recommend you to listen to Longtid's Perspective if you haven't tried it already. You can find it on streaming platforms or even better, go to Bandcamp and buy the album. It's absolutely worth owning. So as always, you know, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Give us a like and a subscription if you enjoy what we're doing here. It helps us. Until next time, stay safe and keep spreading that prologue. The Prog Talks, produced by the Prog Space. Main host, Rune Belsvik Reynos. Produced by Rune Belsvik Reynos, Vanessa and Matthias Kirsch. All graphics and animations by Vanessa Kirsch. Intro theme by Giuseppe Negri. Outro theme by Zach Munovitz. This was the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. See you in a week.